all followers of Jesus must truly exude the action of love, okay? And I'm not just only talking about the love that uh, maybe my hippie style hair, you know, suggests it might be, but, you know, even though I like my long hair, what I'm really talking about is, you know, when we read the scriptures, right? When we read the scriptures and we see our Lord and Jesus interacting with people, his love just blows my mind. The way he treated people, the way he talked to people, the way he interacted with them, it always just flips my world inside out. Every time that I, I come to, to read any of that, and as I reflected on, on why I feel that way, one of the things that came to my mind is, you know, when I think about how Jesus interacted with these people, I think about myself and how I interact with people. And when I think about that, I think what comes to my mind is, you know, I don't, I don't always act like Jesus, right? The way Jesus loved people was just truly miraculous. And when I see that, I kind of think, you know what? I don't love like he does. Not always, at least. I don't love the way Jesus loves. I want to. I want to. But his love is just on another level, right? And that's what I want to talk with us about today. I want to talk with us about loving others. And very specifically, loving those who are different than you. Okay? Now, what I've found in my studies is that this term, love one another, it's actually repeated nine different times in the Bible, okay, to love um, one another. I've also found that there's a lot of other one another statements in the Bible as well. So, for example, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves, live in harmony with one another, right? Serve one another, and the list goes on. But to love one another, this statement here is, is, is the one principle that I believe all the other one another principles really depend on. Because this command to love one another is actually the only one another statement that comes directly from Jesus himself. And again, John 13, 34 to 35 says, a new command I give you, says Jesus, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So friends, love must be the defining characteristic that we, followers of Jesus, are known by. You see, Jesus sums up the greatest of all the commandments by telling us to love God and to love others, right? He said that everything in the Bible, pretty much, everything it teaches hangs on those two commands. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that there are three eternal virtues, right? Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, he says, is love. Now, I'm pretty sure that we all would agree that this command is what we should do. Absolutely, right? We're, we're all in agreement of that. We sing about it, you know, we read about it, we talk about it, we teach and we preach about it. But if we're really being honest with ourselves, we all have at one point or another 
have had a hard time practically loving others. Now, I'm going to be real honest. I've, I'm guilty of that. There's been moments in my life when I haven't loved others the way that Jesus told me to do, okay? Um, and to be very specific, I've found, this might be funny or not, but I've found that sometimes the hardest people to love are sometimes, oftentimes, our own brothers and sisters in Christ. I kind of think about it in the, in the way of family, okay? Um, I'm going to be a bit open right now. Sometimes family are the people that you love the most. I know in my family, I absolutely love my family so much. But they're also the people who can easily crawl under my skin with a simple word, a look. And it's to the point where sometimes I just want to throw something at them, right? It, it, can, it can get that bad. But at the end of the day, I still love them. They're still family. So love is one of those aspects that can be, you know, quite interesting that we ought to love one another. And oftentimes, loving each other is, is best represented in, in this family, the way I, I've talked about, right? It's one of the reasons why we refer to the church so much as a family. One of the things that Jesus talked about was that Jesus knew that the church could never make the impact on the world that he wanted them to make unless the world saw in the church unity, as the scriptures that we just read talked about, and very specifically unity from the love that we have for one another. I want to urge us to really love one another in action, to be united with one another, and very specifically, to love those that are different than us, okay? Because it's easy to love those that are like us, isn't it? It's quite easy to love those that are like us. But to love those that are different from us, that's a whole different story, you know? It's a whole different story. I know for some of you, loving those that are different from you, it might be a very easy thing. But for others, this, this actually might be asking a lot. Because it might be asking you to not just simply get along with someone and to be very polite with them, which is a very uh, customary thing to do here in Canada, right? But to actually love them, right? This may involve putting your own personal preferences to the side. This may involve putting your own personal interest, your own personal feelings, your thoughts to the side. It may involve letting go of some very deep-rooted hurts and offenses and giving those things over to Jesus. This may involve you stepping out of your comfort zone and leaning towards people that are different than you. Today's chapel service is focused on international students with Edith and so many others that are from all across the globe, right? I myself, as Ali mentioned, am an international student. Well, was until I graduated, right? And we international students, we have different customs. We have different cultures, different languages, and many more differences than what many of us are used to. 
And now this creates a beautiful mosaic of diverse peoples right here on this campus. And this university specifically is so privileged to be located in Toronto, right? One of the most multicultural cities in the world. But diversity also means that there's difference. And there's different ways that people respond to difference. And in my experience, people don't often seek others who are different than them, but rather they flock to people that are similar to them. Whatever that similarity might be, that tends to be the case, right? Whether it's ethnicity, whether it's culture, whether it's skin color, theological preference, whatever that might be, people often don't flock to differences. They actually flock to what is very similar. And what I'm saying is that it's, it's not a wrong thing to do that, okay? Because it's not wrong at all to, to look for similarities. But what I am saying is that let's not isolate ourselves from others because of differences, but rather let's be very intentional to lean into and to learn about differences and to be united through these differences. And let's actually practice loving people for who they are with all of their differences. Just like how the Apostle Paul described the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians, right? He said the body of Christ is one body. One body made up of many different parts. We're one body, we're united but we're made up of many different parts. The ear can't do what the nose can do, right? The nose can't do what the mouth can do. We're all different with many differences. Folks, we gotta love people no matter our differences. And let me just encourage all of us that we're not the only ones who have faced this issue. You remember Jesus' 12 disciples, right? Now surely, they didn't have any differences, or they didn't have anything you know, wrong with themselves, right? N -n -n no, not at all. For example, let me give you this. On the same night that Jesus prayed this prayer for unity in John 17, on that same night, the disciples, what were they doing? If you read the passage, they were actually arguing about which one of them was gonna be the greatest. You remember that? They were arguing with each other about who among them was going to be the greatest. It's not a very unified thing to do, is it? And remember in this small group of 12, there was people like Matthew the tax collector, right? Who at one point of his life had sold out to Rome and worked against his people. Imagine being the 11 disciples and there's someone like that in your midst. I wonder how the disciples felt about him, right? And then there was a guy by the name of Simon the Zealot. There's not much known about Simon the Zealot other than the fact that he was a zealot, right? In other words, he was an extremist. Now, we use that word extremist and we can think about what that word might conjure up for us and our feelings. Like, what does, when, when the word extremist is used, like, that's, you just have certain feelings about that, right? I wonder how Simon the Zealot felt about the other disciples. I wonder how the other disciples felt about Simon the Zealot. 
Folks, what I'm trying to say is that even in the group of 12 who were closest to Jesus, right, there were differences, there were disagreements, there was tension, there was turmoil, there was conflict. And I bring this up just to show you that Jesus' own disciples had issues that we face today. People differences, their personalities, the things that people say or do or did or, or don't do, sometimes this causes us not to love people the way that we should. But that's not a good enough excuse for us to disobey Jesus' command, right? We gotta love one another. And this love will be a love that unifies us. And this action of love is how the world will know that we are truly followers of Jesus. That's how they'll know. Let me close today with this, friends. Jesus is telling us that we should love people. It doesn't matter how they make us feel. It doesn't matter who they are, what differences they have. We are to love them. He wants us to love them just like he loves them. He wants us to love them just like he loves you and me. And let me just point one other thing out here, right? Jesus worded his grammar here in a very specific way, okay? When he says love one another, he actually meant keep on loving one another. You see that difference? Meaning it's to be a continuous, ongoing love. Our love for each other shouldn't just be a one-time act or just an occasional thing that we do, right? It should be a constant and continuous endeavor. Imagine the type of impact that we could have in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our churches, on this campus, right? If we truly started to exude this type of love that Jesus is talking about here. I pray that you all are encouraged today. May the love of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you.